What's up, people? This is Jamal K. Davis, another episode of Just for Sport. Hope you're doing well. In this episode, we're going to talk about the NBA. What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamal K. Davis here with you, and we have finished week five in the NFL. I don't know about you, but like, yeah, time is flying. Like, when I thought about it, I was like, wait, what? We're at week five? I just didn't think we were there yet. I mean, I know it seems crazy, but like, man, man, oh man. Okay, we will talk about the National Football League. We got a couple things to get to. And most of it has to deal with the competition committee. It needs to work on a few things with the referees. We'll talk about the aftermath of uh, what's happened after week five in the NFL. MLB playoffs. What I am... The matchup that I am excited to see, but also so disappointed in in, uh, one manager. And we'll talk NBA as it relates to the Eiffel Tower. Um, Yes, that's what I'm calling him. Wimba Yamba. That's what I'm calling him, the Eiffel Tower. But I don't know. Maybe that's what they already called him. I never heard that before, but I'm sure that I'm, like, not the first to say that. But that's what I'm calling him. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. And first, we're going to start with the National Football League. Now, when I look at the standings, what impresses me the most Which, realistically, I kind of never thought I would say, but it makes me proud, is how good the NFC East is. If you are a fan of Just for Sport and you've listened to it for a while, you've heard me talk about how the dominance of the NFC East is something that's not talked about enough, especially when you look at the number of Super Bowls that an NFC team has represented the National Football Conference. But we've got the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants at 5-0, and 4-1, 4-1 respectively, and the Commanders at the bottom of the division at 1-4. They're a disaster. They are simply a disaster. But I am impressed because realistically, not only do the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants have, you know, really good records, but they have better records than all of the teams in the NFC South, including the Buccaneers and Saints. Same for the West. 49ers are 3-2. and two. The other teams are all 2-3. and three. So in the NFC, man, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants look like, you know, they could do something. You know, those, those, the fan bases of those teams have to be happy. And they have to be happy with the quarterback play, which is surprising that it's Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush for the Giants and Cowboys, respectively. But Jalen Hurts, yeah, we knew Jalen Hurts was going to be Jalen Hurts. And they're playing well, playing well. And then in the AFC, you got the Bills at four and one. You've got the 
Chiefs at four and one. And then everything else is, you know, three and two, two and three, one and four for the Steelers. I mean, you heard me say that at the beginning of the year that I thought that unfortunately, for better or for worse, this is probably going to be Mike Tomlin's first losing season as a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. And I'm okay with that. This is a transition. He had a great run with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, there were a couple of eight and eight seasons in there. But realistically, they were always a winning franchise. But they're just not very good right now. And they're going through that transition. And for anybody that was like, oh, put Kenny Pickett in, put Kenny Pickett in, which I'm not against it. One, because as a University of Pittsburgh alum, I love that Kenny Pickett's in the game. I love it. But I'm not blind to see that he is a rookie and there are going to be some growing pains. And my hope is at least with the Buffalo Bills, who are the favorite to win the Super Bowl, and they embarrass the Steelers on Sunday, that this could have been very much just an aberration. They were playing the best team in football. It was Kenny Pickett's first start. That he will turn it around very, very soon. As in next week. I mean, he has to. He has to. I mean, you can't have it any other way. Some of the other games that I was watching, mostly on the red zone, that I was either impressed with or just have some thoughts on, um, Colts Broncos worst game ever worst game of the year for two teams that were good at one point as in last season and now it seems like I don't know Ugh, I, I really don't know if signing Russell Wilson was the best move for the Broncos it's certainly not looking like it but there was a tweet that I shared that I found most interesting. Um, and it talked about Amazon and them buying the game or the, the rights to show the Thursday night game. And I was just amazed at the amount of money that they're shelling out. And this was from a tweet by Roger Sherman. I can't take credit for it, but he says that he was looking at the deal with Amazon the NFL. Said Amazon paid 13 billion over 11 years for Thursday night football. That's 1.18 billion per year and there are 15 Thursday night football games per year. Long story short, they paid about 78 million to broadcast that Colts Broncos game. I'm more just talking about, whoa, wait, wait, wait. 78 million for a game. That's a lot. A lot of money in my mind, more than the networks have paid. And I wonder if it is worth it or Jeff Bezos, who's like, I just want NFL games. I don't care. I'm making so much money. $13 billion doesn't matter to me when I'm worth a hundred and something billion dollars. He's just like, I just want to say I had NFL games. I want to have Roger Goodell in the box with me so we can chat. Maybe that's it. But that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Giants, Packers in London. Giants surprised me with the win. But I'm always happy when Aaron Rodgers loses. We talked about Steelers losing to the Bills 38-3. Chargers beating the Browns. Now, 
inexplicably. I am not. I have Justin Herbert as my quarterback. But I also have in that, I also have Austin Eckler as a running back in another league. But they both are playing for the worst head coach in the NFL in Brandon Staley. I do believe that. He inexplicably went for fourth down in his own territory, his own 46 on a fourth and one. They didn't get it. And they should have lost that game. The Browns let him off the hook because they couldn't make a field goal. Keenan Allen was tweeted, injured at home, like, what are we doing? Because it's stupid. Brandon Staley is stupid. He costs the team way too often. He's caught up in his own analytics or whatever. He's just, I just don't like him as a head coach. And I think if you get rid of him, I feel like then the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers will be better for it. Texan Jaguars was a snoozer. Vikings-Bears was a good game, but of course, you know, as we all know, Kirk Cousins wins the games that aren't primetime, so it's par for the course. The Lions have come way down to earth as the Patriots beat them 29-0. Seahawks-Saints was such a great game. And let me tell you why it was great. It was bittersweet for me because... In week two, I saw that Taysom Hill in fantasy football, which he may still be for you, but I'm sure you grabbed him. He's listed as a quarterback tight end. So I picked him up, and then I can use him in a flex position as a tight end, but I didn't because in week two, he did nothing. So I was like, eh, I'll see if he does anything. Three touchdowns yesterday. I still won, but man, that would have been sweet. So I'm putting them in the rest of the season because I feel like the Saints found a cheat code to help them win. They're two and three on the season, but I think they found something in Taysom Hill and they beat the Seahawks 39-32. Jets, Dolphins. Uh, I'm surprised at the Jets. I am. Robert Sala is saying he's uh, taking names. And they're playing well. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Three and two on the season. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Falconeers, excuse me, I said Falconeers. (laughs) Ha, that's funny. Buccaneers beat the Falcons 21-15. Now I'm going to talk about something later. The significance of what happened in that game and how it's affecting the NFL and how it has to do with Tua Tunga Viola. That's what I think. I'll get back to that. But, you know, Buccaneers win 3-2. Okay. Titans beat the Commanders 21-17. Carson Wentz threw a late interception, but I thought it was a decent pass. Just the linebacker made a better play. That's what it was. But the more interesting thing for me is the Commanders are 1-5, and and the media, who have been, you know, tried to be nice to Ron Rivera, And being critical, but not too critical, I think everybody's had enough. The fans in the DMV have had enough, and so have the media. As they started to question, hey, how can the Cowboys, who have a head coach that hasn't been there as long as you have been, and a quarterback who's not supposed to be the starting quarterback, and they're 4-1? Oh, and yeah, uh, how can the Giants with Daniel Jones are 4-1, and a new head coach in Brian Dayball? What's happening there? And oh yeah, uh, the Eagles are 5-0 and with Jalen Hurts. And so Ron Rivera says, oh, it was a the quarterback. They're like, but they're your quarterbacks. 
you drafted them or signed them. That's the disappointing part. Maybe he just shouldn't be the GM is probably the best thing we can say. Just don't be the GM and maybe you'll be better for it. Alex Smith, who was on Monday Night Countdown, who heard Ron Rivera's QB comment, said, quote, I had a really hard time watching that when I heard it. I couldn't believe it. I'm not here to defend Carson Wentz, but this is a defensive head coach that's absolutely driving the bus over his quarterback, end quote. Right. You're just saying it's the quarterback's fault, but they're your quarterbacks. Maybe it would have been better if you said it's my fault. I have to do better. And that's the part that was really annoying. 49ers beat the Panthers. Panthers aren't that good. They fire Matt Rule. Cash rules everything around me. My man gets $40 million to sit at home. Good for Matt Rule. He doesn't have to watch this dreck. He could go all around the world and just enjoy himself and take a nice long vacation and then come back and he still has $39,878,000. Something ridiculous like that because I'm assuming Matt Rule is just going to go crazy and just spin, spin, spin. Go to the richest places, get a, a, a new Rolls Royce, do whatever you want to do. Because you're still getting $40 million. That's insane. Eagles come away with the victory at the Cardinals 2017. Cowboys beat the Rams. Rams are just not the, their shell of their Super Bowl selves. They won the Super Bowl and they're heading in the wrong direction. It's still early, but the Cowboys look good at 4-1. and one. And the Ravens. Squeak out a win 1917 over the Bengals. I had the Bengals at minus at plus three in that game, so I still win. But let me tell you something. I love how can you not love Justin Tucker? I mean, he hits the long field goal, he poses for the crowd like look at me. Then he comes back and hits the game winner for the Ravens to get the, the victory, and they're three and two on the season. That was great. That was pretty exciting. That was pretty exciting. What wasn't exciting is the fact that every week you got to criticize the refs. You just simply can't sack Tom Brady. Now, no, it didn't necessarily mean that the Falcons would have come back to win it, but they had a crucial sack on Tom Brady that was called roughing the passer, and I didn't buy it. This is then followed up by a bad roughing the passer call on Derek Carr in Monday Night Football, where I don't remember the defender's name, but in the tackle, he strip sacks him and keeps the football. And they say roughing the passer because he laid his body on, on him. Where, where did you expect him to go? Did you want to like to stand him up and trip him up with his leg? Like, yeah, you t it's tackle football. And I did put out that survey where I asked, hey, would you still watch if it's flag football? And one out of 10 said, yeah, I would still watch. Everybody else said, no. You got to keep real football. But this is what might be best 
to ensure that nothing happens. Maybe. Just maybe. Because in my mind, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that now it feels like you cannot tackle the quarterback. Maybe that needs to be flag football. That would probably be easier when you're talking about dealing with some scrambling quarterbacks. But I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I did think that that Ravens-Bengals game was better. The Raiders-Kansas City Chiefs game was better. So the primetime games are getting better. Although the first weeks, one through four, I feel like they were all duds. The best games were in that one to seven o'clock window of Sunday. But they're getting better. The games are getting better. Now we just need to get, get the refs calling better calls on the quarterback. Something in the competition committee, something needs to change. It's just awful. It's just awful. Something that isn't awful is MLB playoffs. As I've heard multiple people say, oh man, this was probably the best sports weekend ever or of the year. Of course, because October, you got everything in October. I say it all the time. But now we've got the divisional series. We've got Philly Braves. Phillies Braves, excuse me. We've got Mariners Astros. Which I am surprised the Mariners uh, didn't get eliminated by Toronto. They came back from a seven-run deficit to beat the Blue Jays in game two of the AL WCS wild card series. I I was just amazed. I was just amazed. But something tells me this is going to be a little bit different with Houston. We also have the Guardians versus the Yankees. I'm trying to think about going to a playoff game in Cleveland, maybe. I guess I could go to Philly, too. That's close as well. And then Padres-Dodgers, that's the series everybody wants to see. The Padres beat the Mets, beat the Mets. The Mets who won 101 games this year, and unfortunately, Mad Mex and Jason DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom, what am I called? Jason DeGrom, couldn't get it done. As a tandem, that is. They needed to beat the Braves. They couldn't beat the Braves. I know DeGrom isn't 100% healthy, but they couldn't beat the Braves in a regular season. And they get to the playoffs with the Padres, and the Padres eliminate them. The Padres eliminate them. Okay. One thing, lastly, what I want to get to in baseball is Buckshow Walter. Now, I liked him with the Orioles. I did like him with the Orioles. I was very happy when he was hired. He turned the team around. But unfortunately, Buck Showalter's playoff record is not very good. And it showed again with the Mets. 
And it seemed like when you're in the bottom of the sixth inning and you're losing and you can't score a run, why then do you question if Joe Musgrove had some kind of illegal substance and that's why the Mets were losing? Granted, when you look at Joe Musgrove, the fact that his ears were so greasy, I could see being like, oh, what's going on there? But not what Buck Showalter did in the top of the sixth inning. I think it was well beneath him as a manager, and I wish he didn't tarnish his record. And now the Mets lose, and it's like, okay, good riddance. Good riddance to you, because that was something you didn't need to do. It was embarrassment uh, to your own franchise and to the Mets. It was embarrassing for Joe Musgrave, and I know I got him heated and same for the Padres as a team. Don't do that. Not that late into the game. Now, the Dodgers crushed the Padres in the regular season. They won 14 of their 19 games, 32 of 48 since 2020. So, while the most recent games... They were good. Extra inning thrillers. Let's see what happens in this rivalry. I imagine these are going to be some good games. Padres and Dodgers. Mm, I don't know if I'm really feeling the other series. Phillies, Braves. I'm rooting for the Braves. I do not want Bryce Harper. I was mad they made it in the playoffs. I was like, dang, Bryce Harper got him in the playoffs. This series is more even between these two teams, so I imagine we'll get some close games. It'll be interesting how I'm going to possibly judge both of them. I'll find a way. I'll find a way. In American League, Mariners-Astros, uh, Houston does not have a problem with the Seattle Mariners. They've won 12 of 19 games in the regular season. Let's see what happens with the pitching. We'll see what happens with the pitching. Justin Verlander, he's going to get the, the AL Cy Young. But he's old. Maybe the Seattle Mariners can get to him. The other series, Guardians-Yankees, it doesn't excite me. I'm just kind of like, all right. I mean, the wildest story from this series, going into the series at least, is a Roldis Chapman was left off the ALDS roster for the Yankees. Because he missed a team workout. You know, Aaron Judge getting 62 home runs. It's like, all right, let's see what we got here. But I don't know. I don't know about this series. I really don't. As I look at... uh, who is the favorites, though, in the series, um, which is always fun to make predictions. I mean, can't go wrong there. Um, But Braves, Phillies, Braves are favored at minus 185. Phillies at plus 155. I'm going to take the Braves there. Astros, Mariners. Astros are favored at minus 220. Mariners at plus 185. 
I'm going to take the Astros. Yankees, Guardians. Yankees are favorite minus 210. Guardians at plus 175. I'm going to take the Yankees. And Dodgers minus 210 against the Padres plus 175. I'm going to take the Dodgers. I know there's no drama there. There really isn't. I mean, I guess if you can look at series score, I think you can find some unique prop bets there. Um, the one I like is Braves to win 3-1 the series at plus 330. I'll take that. Astros. I think the Astros um, will have a tougher time with Seattle this go-round. Um, I'm going to take them to win the series 3-2. I'm going to take that at plus 310. But if you want to take the Mariners, I feel like the Mariners probably is going to be a tighter race. So I'll take that. Them at to win it at in three out of three and two at plus five fifty. Sorry, I got lost in what I was going to say there. Yankees Guardians. I'll take Yankees uh, to win the series three two at plus three hundred, and Dodgers Padres. I'm going to take the Padres to win the series three one at plus three twenty. And those are my picks. Let's see if they come to fruition. I don't know if they will. What I want to come to fruition for me as I shift to basketball is I need the Wizards to tank. But I think I'm going to have to wrestle with and be happy about it. And I hope that the other fans can do can too. You know, Washington, D.C. is such an international city. You know, a lot of French people there. So why not bring the Eiffel Tower to D.C.? That's right, Victor Wimbayama. No one, no one wants to say that your team is tanking. But I'll buy it. I'll buy it this once. I'm like, I'm good with that. And I imagine multiple teams are not going to be playing that well this year. Even though, yes, it's a lottery. But I want the most number of draft lottery balls I can get. Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, Trailblazers, Kings, Magic, Pistons, Pacers, Wizards, Knicks, and the Lakers last year. I wonder which one of the teams that made the playoffs last year are going to say, uh, this will be a good year to tank. The candidate I see doing that are the Hornets. Michael Jordan would love nothing more than to have Victor Wimbayamba on his team. And this is a year to tank. Trey Bien. That's what they should just that that should be the motto for whatever team is trying to get very good. Is trying to get Victor Wimbayamba. Trey me Trey Bien, which means very good in French. When they lose, Trey Bien, we're working towards getting him. He may be the best player ever. Seven foot three. So he's got the height of my man George Mirasan. 
He's got the dribbling skills and the skills to drive of Kevin Durant. He could shoot the three like Steph Curry from deep. I mean, you can't beat him. Even LeBron James said, quote, everybody has been a unicorn for the last two years, but he's more like an alien is what he called him, end quote. He went on to say, I've never seen, no one has ever seen anyone as tall as he is, but as fluid and as graceful as he is out on the floor, end quote again from LeBron James. As long as he stays healthy, he is going to be the man. And next, I need the Wizards to tank. Please, 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 please tank, Wizards. Please, please tank. That's what I want to see. We need that. We need that big time. What we don't need in the NBA is Draymond Green anymore. I'm tired of his antics. He's a single, triple guy. He's overrated as an all-star where his... Oh, no, we, you know, Golden State Warriors need a player like that. They need a player like that to get to the championship. Yeah, how did they do when uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were hurt? All of that smack talk from Draymond Green did not help the Golden State Warriors. They were awful. He is not good. He is overrated. He is lucky that he came in at a time where you had two great players in Klay Thompson and Steph Curry to carry the team. And I don't know if it's true or not about some people. It was a stupid thing on Twitter that I was unsure if it was real about um, jokes that Jordan Poole was telling and Draymond Green got fed up, and then I was reading that I was like, oh, no, it was because Jordan was calling him single-triple, which he is single-triple, and he clocked him. Draymond not only clocked him, but he dropped. He clocked and dropped Jordan Poole. If I'm Jordan Poole, I'm like, I know I'm never forgiving you for that. We're supposed to be teammates, and even if you thought I was insulting you, that is not what you do. And he did it anyway. Get him out of there. You got enough young players mixed with the older core to make another run. Kaminga, Wiseman, Poole, Draymond Green saying he needs to step away from the game. You need to go away from the game because that was despicable. And I know we probably wouldn't have brought it up if you didn't see the video. And I wonder what's going to happen to that employee. That was kind of crazy. That it was leaked. But it's time for Draymond to go. And maybe he's not going to go because Steve Kerr was punched in the eye by Michael Jordan once, and they kept playing. They still remain friends, so maybe I'm way off on that. But that's sad. I just don't like it, and I've never been a fan of Draymond Green. So it's time to go, Draymond, but he probably won't. He'll still be around. That's what will happen. He's just going to keep hanging around. 
hanging around. All right, I'm going to stop hanging around this podcast. I hope you enjoyed your sports weekend and you're back in the, on the week. We got Major League Baseball playoffs. Fill in your time until Thursday night. It should be fun. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamal K. Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.